Hello, love, and welcome to Become Your Own Savior, the podcast for spiritually minded women who want to learn how to heal the unconscious source of the problematic patterns that keep repeating in their lives so they can become truly free and reclaim their power to create a life they truly love. I'm your host, master hypnotherapist and quantum healer, Genevieve Joy. In this episode, I'm going to help you change the way you see the primary unconscious energy in your life. This is the force that moves you forward, and it's also the yardstick by which you're able to measure whether you're on the right path in life, both you know, on a granular day-to-day basis and on a broader, more global scale as well. It, this is really your ultimate top tier value, the thing that's always going to be the most important thing to you at the deepest level of your unconscious. And in in all the work that I've done with my clients for the past five years, I have yet to meet one single woman who doesn't have this powerfully dark force lurking inside her primary unconscious drive. And it is slowly starving them of their joy and eating away at their will to live. Yet they've been socially conditioned to love it and to want more of it because they unconsciously believe that by allowing it to destroy them, they'll become sanctified. I know this dark force intimately because it was the primary motivator in my life for almost 40 years, and it nearly killed me physically, emotionally, and mentally. So in this episode, I'm going to show you what this dark force is, how it came to live inside you, why it's keeping you from having all the things that you want most, and how you can become free from it. Let's dive in. More than anything else in life, the one thing we all want is to feel accepted for the purpose of feeling loved and whole. We want to be accepted both by the global and local society in which we live, by our immediate and our extended family, by the people that we care about most, and of course, by ourselves. And being accepted by a person or a group outside of ourselves gives us external proof of our worth. So naturally, we all value that to some degree. And in order to be accepted, we have to make ourselves acceptable to the group into which we want to gain acceptance. And to do that, we have to ask ourselves, what do I need to do in order to be an acceptable person? Ask yourself this question now. What's the one thing everyone needs to do in order to be deemed a good person? Just in case you're not sure. Let's, let's magnify this a bit. I want you to imagine that you're a data collector and you're polling random people as they walk down the street and you're asking them the question, how do you know if someone is a good person? What do you imagine that most people will say? I'm guessing the most common response you're hearing has something to do with helping others, right? Okay. Just in case you need a little bit more clarity, let's magnify this even more. Now I want you to imagine that you ask these random people this new question. How do you know if a woman is a good woman? Are the responses you're hearing changing at all? Is it the same response, but given in a more specific or intense way? Just to be sure we're all on the same page here, let's make this a little bit more intense and imagine yourself asking those random people this question. How do you know if a mother is a good mother? If you were receiving confusing answers before, you probably are not now. Because the one quality that our global society has decided makes a good mother is self-sacrifice. A good mother 
according to these social laws, is one who puts the needs of others before her own. And the degree to which she sacrifices herself for the sake of her family, for the sake of her children, is the degree to which she will become a saint in their eyes. So in some way, she must become the martyr of her family, because that is literally what makes one a saint. And maybe in some way she will. But what she's not going to get this way is the one thing that she needs most, self-love. Because in order to commit self-sacrifice, you must make a conscious choice to reject the call of your higher self and go against what's in your own best interest. And every time you do that, you die a little inside. Now, you might be saying to yourself, well, okay, but this doesn't apply to me. I'm not a mom. Well, here's the thing. As a collective, we all project our desires for goodness onto mothers. That's why it's so easy for us to answer the question of how can I be a good person by looking at what it takes to be a good mother. And that's why when it comes to the question of how can I be a good person so I can receive the love and acceptance I desire, what's true for mothers is true for us all, especially if we're women. So spiritually speaking, self-sacrifice means making the choice to have less of the resources that everyone needs to be truly happy so that you can feel like others will be able to have more of what they need to be happy. In other words, self-sacrifice happens when people who want to make the world a better place believe that the resources we need to make that big change happen are in limited supply. So the self-sacrificer will look at life and say to themselves, There isn't enough for everyone of what we all need most, so I have to give up what I need so that the world can be a better place. And the selfish person will say to themselves, there isn't enough for everyone of what we all need most, so I have to take everything I can get so that my world can be a better place. These two identities that we think of as being completely different actually have the exact same problem, which is that they are looking at life through the lens of lack. And they're going about trying to fix it from opposite ends of the same perspective. The selfish identity will attempt to fix the not enough problem from a me only perspective. And the self-sacrificer will attempt to fix the not enough problem from the everyone but me perspective. So because self-sacrifice is baked into our global definition of what it means to be a good person and being a good person is the one thing that we all want most then if you're going to be able to live the way that you were designed to live so that you can feel free and vibrantly alive, then you are going to have to choose to do life in a dramatically different way than most people. That's the paradox. In order for you to feel truly loved and accepted so that you can have all the blessings that come with that, you are going to have to choose to stop doing the one thing that we have all been conditioned to believe that we must do in order to be accepted within our society. And that means you're going to have to reject the entire system that's been giving you this false sense of love and acceptance. And you're going to need to find it from within yourself. That's the only way you're going to be able to feel the kind of love and acceptance that you really desire. And making this shift, that is no small thing. So let me show you why you might want to do it anyway. 
Hey love, if you're ready to heal the unconscious source of the problematic patterns in your life so you can finally become free and reclaim your power to create a life you truly love, then head on over to becomeyourownsavior.com. It doesn't matter if your problematic pattern is in the area of love and relationships, health and wellness, or money and career, and it doesn't matter how you acquire this problem or how long it's been going on. Since all problems have an unconscious source, that means they're all fixable with a combination of a powerful unconscious healing tool and a step-by-step plan to permanently move you from where you are now to where you want to be. So whether there's one big problematic pattern that's been causing you to suffer for a long time, or if you're chronically feeling unsatisfied with your everyday reality and you know you're not being who you're meant to be, head on over to becomeyourownsavior.com now and get everything that you need to become truly free and reclaim your power to create a life you truly love. Okay, back to the show. Since self-sacrifice is focused entirely on others, meaning you believe the resources that you need to be truly happy and fulfilled exist outside of you, and the way you gain access to them is by doing things for other people, then if you believe you need to commit self-sacrifice in order to be a good person then you will need somebody else to tell you that you're being a good person in order for you to feel fulfilled. You need that external validation. That means you will be dependent on having a steady supply of that external validation. But since that doesn't happen very often, you'll need another way to judge whether you've been a good person at the end of every day. And that other way is to feel a sense of depletion. Because self-sacrifice means not having enough. So if committing self-sacrifice is how you know you're being a good person, then the more you feel like you're dying inside, the more fulfilled you should be. And if you've ever had a moment where you do feel like you do have enough, or dare I say it, more than enough, it'll probably be very hard for you to feel like you're being a good person at an unconscious level. And that means You will unconsciously avoid anything that could lead you down the path of ease and abundance because by your own definition, you won't be able to be a good person and have an easy, abundant life at the same time. And at an unconscious level, you might be afraid of feeling like an outcast in society at large or possibly even your own family if you stop committing self-sacrifice. Now, the other big thing that can happen when you value self-sacrifice is that you can have an unconscious drive to keep people around you who consistently need help, but seem to be unable to help themselves. These are the adult babies of the world who want mommy to come make it all better. Or they're the chronic victims who need a hero to swoop and save the day. Now, obviously, there's nothing wrong with offering help to other people when that is appropriate. And... If helping others is one of the most important things to you, then you may have a very hard time feeling happy unless there's a steady supply of people in your life who are suffering and in need of help. And then on the flip side, if you value helping other people, then you'll probably have a difficult time feeling happy and fulfilled if everyone around you feels happy and fulfilled because you won't have any way to fulfill your number one value. And that lack of fulfillment might unconsciously compel you to drop a bomb in your relationships to create a situation where you've got people now who are in need of help and you can get back to feeling like your old self. It's, it's just a shitstorm, man. Now, if we step back and look at the situation from a wider lens, it becomes really clear that the real issue 
is looking at life through a lens of lack and not enoughness, right? Which forces you to try and do enough so that you can be enough to earn the right to receive enough. And I'll tell you now, as long as you're looking at life through a lens of lack, whether that's from the vantage point of selfishness or self-sacrifice, nothing will ever be enough for you because the concept of enough does not exist in your reality. There isn't enough. Nobody can ever have that. Now, here's the truth. Those resources that we all need most in order to feel truly happy and vibrantly alive, they exist in unlimited supply. And the source of that supply lives inside each one of us. So either by looking outside yourself for resources or by refusing to drink from your own inner wellspring of energy and vitality, you are helping nobody. And you're making sure that you stay stuck in a state of chronic suffering. Now, let's talk about those resources, because you might be saying to yourself, whatever, the resource I need right now in order to be happy is enough money to pay my bills. Well, let's talk about that, because there is a direct link from this self-sacrificial way of being and then you not having enough of whatever it is you need. The highest, most important resource for everyone is true love. When you feel truly loved, you also feel safe enough to be completely free and live as your most authentic self. And by living as your most authentic self, you'll be able to do what's necessary to receive your heart's desires in the easiest way, including doing what it takes to have all the money that you need. And then receiving your heart's desires gives you a new kind of pleasure, which will change the way you see yourself and and the world around you, causing you to feel loved in even greater ways. You're going to ascend into a higher level of being. And then that cycle is going to continue at that higher level. This is the way you were designed to live. And when you live in your most authentic way, these very important yet lower level things like money, they cannot be a problem for you because you will easily create them. But when you stay stuck in the polarity of lack, whether it's through the lens of self-sacrifice or selfishness, doesn't matter, it will not be possible for you to feel truly loved safe, free, or happy. In other words, there will never be enough of anything as long as you're stuck in the polarity of lack, which is where self-sacrifice lives. So the way to free yourself from the grip of self-sacrifice is to stop looking at life through the lens of lack. Now, this is the part where people who tend to listen to spiritual gurus say to themselves, super, how do I do that though? I don't want to live this way anymore, but I don't know how to stop. And the typical spiritual guru's response always seems to be something like, just Like, don't do it anymore, (laughs) which to me always feels so condescending because if your eyeballs have been showing you the world in black and white your whole life, then not seeing the world that way doesn't really feel like a choice, does it? It feels like something that you can't just choose to stop doing. What you need is a way to get new eyeballs (laughs) so you can start seeing the world in color. And that involves healing the lens through which you look at life. So you can permanently and automatically see the world in a more truthful and abundant way. And in order to do that, you need access to a healing tool that works at such a high level, it has the power to transform you at the deepest level. That is exactly what the quantum healing process can do. And when you use it to neutralize the concept of self-sacrifice, which we do in phase three of Warrior Woman University, your values will shift naturally. What you desire will change and the way you see yourself and the world around you will change too because we will have gotten rid of a big chunk, 
it's likely you're going to need to do it several times, maybe in context too, but we'll have gotten rid of a big chunk of that self-sacrificial energy and your values will naturally shift around a bit um, as a result. And once you've done that healing work, you still have to continuously choose to stop living like you're everybody else's savior and instead become your own savior. Because your personal reality is the only place where you have the authority to make any change. And once you do that, once you make that shift, you become a model for others to learn how to save themselves. Then when enough of us start living this way, the force of that will exponentially multiply. And it really isn't going to take that long in the grand scheme of things for us to create a world where nobody feels like they need to be saved because they know how to save themselves. Now, because the concept of self-sacrifice has been so deeply ingrained in us socially as women, and it's been passed down to us through our ancestral lineage, it's very possible like I said, that you're going to need to neutralize these concepts in several different ways. Meaning you start by neutralizing the polarity of lack in, or, and self-sacrifice in the context of life as a whole. That's going to get it out of your values so that killing yourself is no longer something you prioritize. And then you might need to get it out of each one of your top values by neutralizing the concept of self-sacrifice in the context of relationships. So you can stop doing things that are causing you to feel like you're dying inside in order to maintain your relationships. And you you might need to neutralize it in the context of health and wellness. So you can stop sacrificing your health in order to get something that's important to you. I know so many women who do that. I've definitely had that happen to me before for sure. And you might also need to neutralize the concept of self-sacrifice in the context of money and business. So you can stop sacrificing your financial well-being in order to get something else that's important to you. Now, the ultimate result of doing this work is that you get to be free, like truly free and have all the blessings that come with that lasting happiness, vibrant living and true fulfillment. You get to have relationships that are based on desire and abundance instead of lack and need. And that means you're not going to be in any relationship because you need somebody else to fill a hole inside you. You know that you are whole now, even with all the other stuff that you want to work on, which means that you don't need anybody in order to feel complete. Think about that. What would change for you if someone you were in a relationship knew that you don't need them? What would change for you if they knew they're only in your life because you want them there? How would you show up differently in that relationship? How would they have to show up differently? You know, and when you stop committing self-sacrifice you get to stop attracting the kind of people who are used to either perpetuating abuse or who are kind of addicted to suffering in some way because they feel chronically powerless. And you start attracting the kind of people who believe that they can end their own suffering and they're committed to doing that work. So in this episode, I showed you why self-sacrifice is the ultimate silent killer and why it's so important that you neutralize your emotions about this important concept so you can get it to stop being your primary unconscious motivator 
and you can finally give yourself a chance to feel free and really experience life the way you are meant to experience it. In the next episode, I'm going to show you how to stop feeling hurt by your deepest emotional wounds. Maybe you've wondered if it's really possible to fully recover and move on from the kinds of things that shouldn't happen to anyone. Personally, I know the answer is yes, because I've done it way too many times to believe otherwise. And I also know that when it comes to trauma, there's one thing everybody does, even in subtle ways, that's keeping you from truly healing and becoming strengthened in that area. So you can never be hurt in that way again. So in the next episode, I'm going to show you what that thing is, why we do it, and what needs to happen instead. When you're ready, I'll meet you there. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, head on over to becomeyourownsavior.com and get started on your way to healing the unconscious source of your problematic patterns so you can finally become free and create a life you truly love. And if you'd like to join this movement of women who are reclaiming their spiritual power and healing the world by healing themselves, you can help us grow by following the show and leaving a review and letting me know how the Become Your Own Savior podcast has impacted you. Until next time, I'm Genevieve Joy.